from ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard. I sell it with one. What up, what up, what up? San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark. Mr. Sands, spend the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Don't forget to check out their website. Continue to visit their website. We can check out all their latest products, their new CBD products as well, too. And you can shop for the comforts of your own home. That is HazelSkyOnline.com. And this first segment is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to uh, call or comment on that, you can parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, don't forget, if you need to follow me on Twitter or reach out to me on Twitter, interact with me during, through Twitter, it's at SportsGrind. And also, don't forget, you can log on to the SportsGrind Entertainment Facebook page where you can check the show out streaming live through there. And you can leave comments if you want to interact during the show. We'll read the comments accordingly. Also, um, don't forget, too, to go to SportsGrindOnline.com daily where you can get the a daily podcast and download it from there as well. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Jonas? Ready to rock and roll. Ready to go. Yes, What's sir? up, Mr. Sams? Not much, fellas. How we doing? All right, man. Just steady rolling along here. Um, got some things to get to today. Um, it's February 1st, officially Black History Month. You know, over the years, we've given, you know, um, nice fun facts over there, here and there. You know, we do them every day, but we've done them pretty much through February. And uh, and usually it's always tradition um, that we have the uh, the Caucasian guy of the show usually read the facts. You know, we used to do it with salami, um, and Jonas is going to get baptized this year for it. So I uh, will. We're going to start tomorrow. Like I said, we won't get one to you every day, uh, but we'll give you the. Uh, we'll see what Jonas has found and what he's going to learn through this journey for the next twenty eight days about Black history. Kid from Ohio, yeah. So we'll have Jonas <laughs> go ahead and educate uh, us on that. And he had no idea I was going to do that, by the way. So it's not even – he had no idea. Just put him on the spot. But anyway, he kept reminding me, like, hey, man, we're going to do black. Yeah, we're going to do it. You're going to do it. It's going to be – you're going to be – we're going to base so you can go ahead and they can hear it coming from you. But anyway, all right, man, sound like that one. Anyway, all right, man, so we've got the sports world going on still. Um. You know, I guess it's official. It's official now because TB12 has officially announced his retirement. That's the big story of the day um, in regards to making it official, even though Adam had kind of pretty much already said what he did when he broke the story. But I think, again, it was a lot of frustrations with Tom not really knowing, you know, not having the opportunity to control this. But definitely want to get into that shortly because, you know, there's your know, questions, you know, where the bucks go from here. Is Bruce Aaron's pretty much right behind him shortly here? I don't think he would go away this year, but I think this really puts a t- clock on him to maybe, you know, next year is his last season. Um, financially, I know CBS Sports 
kind of broke it down pretty much the financial repercussions of this on how much Tom left on the table and how much this frees up for the Bucks. Uh, but we'll get that. We'll get into that here shortly. Uh, one of the funny things is that uh, my buddy Chris who texts me, which I think is like, you know, it really sucks for one guy uh, in a way, a little bit. I mean, when you think about Ben, it's like, Ben, you should have retired a year before because now you're going in on the same day Tom Brady's going into. And we know the whole Canton trip that weekend is going to be about Tom. So the timing of that, Mr. Big Ben. So you'll be sharing your day because Ben will be first time battle as well. Now, with that said, though, the one thing I, I thought it was funny when he texted me that. But the one thing I will say is that Steeler fans, they travel pretty deep for Hall of Fame when their guys go in. They kind of take over Canton. So, I mean, there will be a ton of Patriots fans uh, there, um, you know, by that time that comes around. I don't want to crap on the Bucks fan base, but to be honest with you, by the time I think you wait, you have to wait, what, f- was it four years or five years after you? What's the NFL rules before you're five. He's five. going to be the class of 2027. Okay. Okay. Um, Adrian Peterson is going to be a part of that class as well. Ooh. And if Gronk retires with Tom Brady, then they'll go into the hall together. And that, that would be that is... class. So you've got four surefire. I mean, we talked about the Big Ben discussion, whether he's a first ballot because of his off-the-field stuff, but it's potentially those four in that class. Yeah, but the, no, the off-the-field stuff's not going to keep Ben out of being first ballot. I, when I brought that up, it was more the fact that he's getting a pass um, from doing that. Uh, you know, the, from the off-the-field stuff, no one bring up. So, no, the, the off-the-field's not going to keep Ben from being first-time ballot. Now, I slept on Adrian Peterson, okay, and then I also slept on the caveat there that Gronk, which we all knew the Gronk would have been retired, the only reason why he's not retired is because Tom asked him to come out of retirement. So we know with Tom retiring, Gronk is right there behind him. So, yeah, they would have a chance to go in together. That would be neat. Do you think that the power that the GOAT has of all time, that he can make sure that it's him and Gronk in there together or like they're like right next to each other? Oh. You would think, obviously, you could joke around and they wouldn't yeah. do a conjoined bust to yeah. where they're side by side like stepbrothers or something. Huh. But um but for them to be in the hall together next to each other, at least, do you think they could pull that? Uh, if he wanted to, I mean, I think that's something that they would probably do anyway. I mean, just because it goes fitting. I mean, you really don't have that opportunity. I'm not going to sit here and say it's never happened in the NFL history where you had two guys that's been joined at the hip from their current teams that go in together. I mean, you probably have to look at some of them Pittsburgh teams back in the seventies. And I, I mean, yeah, so I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know if Tom requests that, but it is, they, I wouldn't think that's something that's a request. Maybe that would go hand in hand. I mean, they're, they're joint at the hip and Rob's up in the record books too, but he'll be shortly followed. But again, like I, if you missed yesterday's show, like I said yesterday, it just, um, it sucks from the standpoint of somebody in his circle that he thought he could trust who leaked this out to get this out here Saturday that really, I think, took the thunder or whatever. Because if that tweet or that social media post that he posted, if this just comes out without Adam or Darlin or whoever breaking the story, it's really a jolting thing like, wow. Because, again, I thought he was going to want his flowers and take that farewell and just announce, hey, next year is my last year. But I was wrong on that. Um, I think a lot of this, and I said it yesterday too, a lot of this has to do with the state of the Tampa Bay Bucks more than Giselle and the kids, in my opinion. Uh, the, the situation with Giselle and the kids has been there realistically a topic and a point 
of the last four years or five years. So this is really, she's on the record a lot of saying, hey, as long as he's happy, he played. Now, of course, you want him home, but this is really about, like, if they weren't in the cap situation, if they didn't have a bunch of guys on one-year deals, um, he wasn't losing his offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich. I think he, and the way it ended, and knowing that they really didn't technically get an opportunity to defend their title with the same team they won because of injuries. But, hey, that's a part of it. Injuries are part of sports. I mean, that can that can stop people from winning titles, being champions, completing back-to-backs. So it's not really making excuses for them. It's just the reality of it. And and I think personally, um, with all that said, if if guys were able to come back, and the cherry on top of that is his maybe would be his best receiver on the squad, on the squad and Goodwin, who's going to miss some of next year anyway too. That will be back but might not be back to start a season. So if you put all that, I think that was enough for him to go ahead and basically get out. So we'll come back and recircle around to that question. So maybe where you see Tom go, look at the Bucks, some suggestions where they go. So you got that going on. Um, also, um, NCA, I mean, we've got other NFL news with coaches and stuff. We'll, we'll get to the big news we touched on a little bit, but Harbaugh, I want to have my take on him here shortly. Um, in the college world, we've got another transfer in the transfer portal. Former OU quarterback Caleb, right? Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is transferring to USC. So Lincoln Riley's steady jacking and taking over. And the message I've got for these guys is, and, and we've had these discussions over the years on this show as well, but it's really to the point of what we've seen the last year, especially in the last four or five months with this transfer portal. I would say enjoy it while you can. I would tell the athletes enjoy it while you can because I don't believe I mean, we could talk about the coaches and the freedom they have to leave and do what you want and all that. That's true, and that's fact. But in reality, the powers of B that control the power, they always want to go ahead and strip it from the guys, the little guys on the totem pole that's not supposed to have that much power. It happens in everyday life. It happens in business in everyday life. Um, You know, trust me, I know all about that, so it's going to happen on that level. So to me, my point in this take is – I don't see the NCA sitting back that much longer without really tweaking some things about this transfer portal and basically trying to ring it in. I mean, the horse is already down the, out the barn. It's already rolling down the street. All right. It's already running down the street. It, it's too late. But what is not too late is for them to ring it back a little bit and put some rules into it. There, there is, it's the wild, wild west right now. I mean, it's it's free agency. I think Bill. I mean, we have what we can think about Bill O'Brien, but Bill O'Brien was quoted a week before that national championship game as saying, "Yeah, the transfer portal. It's NFL free agency without the rules, and that's just what it is." I mean, if coaches are going to be able to leave and go, and then have go, and, and trust me, you know, and you know what's going to do if if I'm right about this over the next couple of years, and they kind of basically go ahead and ring this in. Really, what sucks in all this is that. The basketball players, the tennis players, the volleyball players, the women's basketball, you know, the swim team, they're going to be affected by it. I mean, because this is a transfer portal rule that is effective for all student athletes, college athletes. But let's be real about it. The reality of it is this is centered and this was created because of football, the sport that feeds a lot of those other sports and keep them alive. So they will be... um, They will be caught up in the carnage and the crossfire, these other athletes and other sports that maybe, you know, not abusing. I mean, college basketball, maybe it's not reported as much football. I mean, you know, there's some teams this year that's gotten a few guys on their squad, 
that has tra- that has transferred from you know D two schools to D one from D one. It goes on in college basketball, but I think the scale of what it goes on in college football, and since that's the the main driver, I just feel that it's it's getting to the point where they're going to reel that in. You know, a little bit, you know, could be wrong, but I doubt it. I just think it's too much control. And I'm not saying the players shouldn't have it. I'm just telling you the reality of it is I don't sit back. And and even if we're because people will sit there and listen to me say, well, you know what, Calvin, we're in our last days in the NCAA. It's going to get blown up. It's a hypocrisy. We're going to Super Bowl. I understand that, but it, it'll it'll be addressed before that day happens. It will. I, I just think this is not kind of what they designed it for. I think when they released it out, it was some coaches' concerns that you were opening a can of worms, which they did. And like any other system and anything in life, there's a group of people that are going to basically try to find loopholes and how to take advantage of the system. I was always one of those individuals growing up. Okay, Not anymore, but I was always those individuals always trying to figure out how to get behind the system, how to do it. You know, I remember basically working at, uh, telemarketing service out at West for years. Everybody knows that story that's listened to the show a while. And I remember they used to have different projects they would have you call on and commissions are different. And I never forget they came out with, it was at the time where it was the, it was the back old school. It was the battle between long distance companies, AT&T, uh, Sprint, all the back of the day where people still had landlines at home. But anyway, it was the verge of cell phones and people's plans. And AT&T had a thing where they were going and giving these phones out and having people switch, and they would tell you not to press, it was a word, don't press cancel, meaning they gave 30 days. Like if they didn't like it, they passed the credit or whatever, they would have this phone for 30 days. If they didn't like it, they sent it back, no risk. But you still got commission, but you weren't supposed to push cancel. Right. But of course I found ways, you know, around that. I'd be like, well, you know, if you didn't really like it, you know, there's usually 30 days in a calendar year that you have to decide. I was always, I'd find a way. So the point of that story is that people out there will always find a way to push and push the envelope. Now, the crazy thing about that is, and it kind of brings to one other thing I had on the docket that we'll get to and conversate as we go through the show. When I say that about the, the, the power that these kids in regards to transfer portals and this, the ironic thing is, is that's why I said I don't have a problem with it because tomorrow is National Signing Day for the most part for college and football players. Jim Harbaugh is going to be doing an interview with the Minnesota Vikings, scheduled interview for that job on the same day as National Signing Day for a school like the University of Michigan. Now, I've, I mean, I've been telling everybody that I knew the day was going to come where Harbaugh was really going to go back to NFL. He left unfinished business in the NFL. The only thing that ran him back to Michigan out of San Fran was he could not get along with Trent Baalke to save the life of him, their GM at the time. They just bunted heads, and it's crazy because they had success. I mean, you know, three straight NFC championship games and one Super Bowl appearance is not that easy to accomplish. So to me, though, the the irony of that is like you can't make me believe that this possibly couldn't cost him some major recruits on this day tomorrow. Now, Harbaugh is I mean, he doesn't have Michigan yet to the point where Nick has Alabama, where Nick is only getting on the private jet to go visit that one kid that maybe there's five other schools and maybe three of them are in the SEC, and he's really on the fence, but this is somebody that's really a game changer. 
those are the type of kids that Nick is going to maybe visit the mom, the family, or whatever on a plane and go first in. For the most part, when you have a program like him, a lot of these recruits, that's what you have scouts for. They're doing that. The letter, there's conversation. So I don't think Harbaugh has Michigan like that. And I don't even think he has them with Ohio, Ohio State when Urban was there. But the reality why I say that is because sometimes Harbaugh is really having to be out here on these trails still and still competing for these guys. And to have this meeting, because to me, all signs point due to the fact that this GM that Minnesota just hired um, is really close with Harbaugh and they worked together when they were at San Francisco. I think this guy had a smaller role at the time and worked his way up since then. But the reality of it is if you're taking that meeting and you're taking it on National Signing Day, like my old man, Chicago White Sox announced, you say he gone, he gone, you know, it, it, it is what it is, you know, and that's just, but to me, I was like, damn, man, you couldn't do that today. You couldn't schedule that for Thursday. You schedule that for the day of national signing. Now in Jim's defense, remember they kind of, you know, they kind of humbled him a last year, this time last year, they came to him and say, hey, look, man, we know your family, you know, you put on this uniform, the maize and blue, whatever the hell you want to call it. But we need you to take a pay cut because we ain't beat Ohio State. You really ain't getting it done, and we ain't even got it to a playoff yet. We need to take a haircut. We need to shave some of that off. And Jim did it. So now maybe this is Jim saying, okay, I got you to the playoffs. We beat Ohio State. Now I'm going to go ahead and take some of these entertaining things off. Because trust me, Jim's been getting offers since he left Michigan every year in the NFL. You just don't hear about them all. Same thing like with Nick Saban. Sometimes it got old when you started hearing, oh, this, you know, they might be coming. It just stopped like he's not going to win. But these has happened for Harbaugh, too. You just don't hear about. So we've got that NBA. Your Spurs are hosting the Golden State Warriors tonight. They're in town. We'll talk about that and get to the rest of the NBA news. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Harbaugh Harge here. Let me tell you about the great folks over at Cover 3. Doug Young and Matt Dotson had a vision of creating a restaurant that you can have the ultimate date night, happy hour with coworkers, or just wanting to hang out with your friends while watching sports. They have great food like the Doug's Reuben, the best-selling Allendale salad, or my go-to, the Jerk Wings. They have chef specials that start on Thursdays and run through Sunday. The brunch is amazing over the weekend. Cover 3 is the place to be. Go to cover-3.com for more details. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760. 
Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can find all the insurance needs you need, whether it has to do with auto, life, home, or renters, and he can find the cheapest rate out there for you because he represents over 40 different carriers for insurance. Give him a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That is Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the sports group. All right, so keeping it moving. So, yeah, so you've got the uh, Golden State Warriors in town tonight to take on your San Antonio Spurs, but they packing light. They send a G team. Is this a G League team of Warriors that they got in this game? Because Desert's telling me that looking at this line. Well, it's going to be interesting to see if it does. Uh, That line moved to Spurs' five-point favorites uh, with Curry, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, Belika, Wiseman, Wiggins, and Porter Jr. all out for today. That's eight players. <laughs> That's that bench. So he's calling up that many people because you got to have so many guys to play. So he's calling up a hell of a hell of a lot of G League players. Then I mean, they're going to have to fill out that roster somewhere, or the guys playing are going to get a lot of minutes because you got a seventeen man bench. You're missing eight, so you still got. I'm not good and at math. That sounds like nine players to me. And this has nothing to do with COVID or anything like that. No, I mean, you've got Draymond and Steph out. Um, Draymond's been for, out for a while. Uh, and Clay out for, I believe, rest. Um, rest. Yeah, I think Draymond, the Draymond was the only one, I believe, that was dealing with a, a more extensive injury. He's been out for a while, like you said. Wow. So just, it's, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm no dig- step tonight. I'm digging more into it because, you know, I just saw the report come across from uh, Paul Garcia. We had him on before from Project Spurs. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be crazy. So five-point favorites. And you know what? I know, you know, I saw some people online, and I know some people that are, were talking about going to the Golden State game tonight because their kids were big Curry fans. And these tickets are not cheap. So automatically, right. no Steph, nobody. Now, see, nobody. this is the topic that's always about the rest and all this, but just think about the fans because these are going to be really about a game like tonight is you got the transplant of the bandwagon Golden State fans, we call them, that are kids like Steph and Curry, but then he's not. I mean, well, the deal is with Golden State, they do come down here. It's not like they only come down here once. Is this their first trip down here this season or have they been here already? That's a great question. I know um, they played them already. I don't. I, I just can't remember if it was at the 18 or they've already been down here once. But I know in a normal year, they're going to make probably the minimum of two trips to the AT&T Center being a Western Conference. So it's not like this is an East Coast situation, but that's just a bummer to have that many guys out. And not only that, it's one of those situations to where it's uh, it's a little bit, well, it's a little slight. It's a little disrespect. To the Spurs. I mean, if it, it kind of just shows you again kind of where we're at as a franchise. I mean, in regards to being able to take that many guys off uh, to play against this Spurs team, it's it's kind of disheartening. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so they're G League teams in, that, in tonight. So if you're going to the game, uh, have fun with that. Um, also, speaking of NBA, before we go into that, you know, um, NBA la- action last night, you know, it was interesting. Memphis, you know, you heard me talk about Memphis a lot on this show in the airways over the last few weeks because I'm really high on them. I think they're a year away or two. But I thought Cincinnati was a year away, too. And the Bengals, look, they're going to L.A. for the Super Bowl. But they lost last night to the 76ers 
But that's not really what is impressive. That impressive with me. What's really impressive is the fact that they lost without Joel Embiid playing. And you know, Ja has really been on a tear. Um, I think he should be in the MVP uh, discussions, but what a lot of people feel the MVP leading candidate in Joel Embiid is really sitting in the clubhouse, right? Because if you pay attention, Joel has been balling. I mean, Embiid didn't put up some, and I think this is a credit, which he's gotten criticism over the years. He started to get a little criticism from me, but you know, we got to give Doc a little bit of his flowers. Because I've always said Joel Embiid needed a Doc Rivers, a Popovich, a Phil Jackson, somebody that could just sit there and say, look, man, you've got a lot of talent. But you need to you need to put in some work. You need to get in better shape, and you need to you know stay off social media and trolling people, and put work in the gym. And he's kind of done that. I mean, he's having an, he's having definitely without a doubt it's an all star season. But he's having an MVP type season. But he didn't play last night, and they were able to go ahead and beat Memphis. If I, as much love as I've given Ja, if I have to say one thing, one thing that he's going to have to work on and improve a little bit is his free throw shooting, being a guard. You know, he missed a couple key free throws that maybe could have won the game or sent it to another overtime or whatever. But I think free throw shooting is something that he can work on as well. But I thought that was very impressive last night uh, for them beating them without Embiid. And still, you still have the elephant in the room in this Ben Simmons situation that is still just sitting there. And as far as I'm concerned, if you look at where Philly is in the East right now and how much success they're having, I'm thinking, like, why are we waiting? Why are y'all waiting? Just move them. I mean, unless y'all are asking for a king's ransom. I mean, it's obviously you got a team that can compete in the East without him. So it's it's intriguing when you look at see how success Philly's having that they're taking this long to get this. I mean, to get this done. Now, granted, you're just not going to give him away. I'm not saying they should just give him away, kind of like how we just gave Kawhi away. They shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know. But uh, you you you're winning. You got a team that, like I said, right now. In the East, I mean, things are still, you know, as much whether I want to admit it or not or whatever. Like I said, I was pretty hard on Bud, and I was proved wrong. I was proved wrong about Giannis. I didn't think he could get a championship without leaving Milwaukee. But the truth of it is, it's lining up pretty good for Milwaukee again to get this uh, to come out the East. I mean, it's it's really Milwaukee. Boston is having one of the most disappointing seasons. Some of the some of the most disappointing seasons, and again, we've been in football mode, so we haven't talked basketball much, but I'm gearing up, as you can tell, and I'm getting ready to go. I mean, college basketball is up and swinging. You know, never talked about Kansas getting their ass kicked this weekend against Kentucky. Kansas City Rob just took it on the chin bad this weekend. But I will say this. If you look at the East, the two most disappointing teams right now in the NBA, according to me, they both rely on the, in the East. They both reside in the East, I should say. That's Boston, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. They've both taken major step backs. I don't know what Atlanta's deal is. I really haven't focused in on them yet. I know they are horrible defensively. I know they're horrible. They're worse than were last year. But those are two disappointing teams. So if you look at Milwaukee, it's really Milwaukee, Chicago, Philly, not in any particular order, but Milwaukee, Chicago, and Philly. And that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, because the Heat, the Heat are too. Their health is always concerned with them. They're not consistent enough. Boston is not going to be a factor um, unless they something crazy happens. But if you look, this is really a three 
team race in the East. And the only team in the East that you might not want to play to nip at your heels or to extend that series to a six-game or seven-game is maybe something like the Hornets. I mean, the Hornets are somebody that's there. They're nowhere close to being a contender. I mean, let me rephrase that. I'm not going to say they're not close, but they're not going to be – a really a team that's threatening to come out this year, but they are a team that could really cause some problems in a series, in a four out of seven series. But this is a three-dog race in the East, and that's not saying anything shocking, but I'm just saying it's really lining up for Milwaukee. But Philly, with that said, I'm just saying what, I mean, let's try to move Ben if that's the ultimate goal. You are still one of the top two teams in the East without him. I'm, I am shocked at your three because it doesn't include the Nets. And the Kyrie situation, I know that can play a hand in it, but but James Harden, if the team is really set on not moving him before the trade deadline, which is nine days away yet, um, I, I would be surprised to hear them not in that three-team circle. The Miami Heat, of course, they're tied for the best record in the East right now. They've got it going with Butler and, and Lowry. So they're, they're up there. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers, they still haven't dropped off either after losing Sexton and... Uh, 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 the point guard Ru- uh, Rubio. Rubio Rubio for the so, season yeah yeah so I, and so and they're and they're still cruising and, and they're in fourth in the East you're talking about Cleveland Cleveland yeah they're not I mean I like Cleveland it's a good story they wouldn't beat either one of those teams in a four out of seven I the, to your point about Brooklyn I can't put them I mean of course anytime you got Kevin Durant James Harden but this is the thing until they decide or until Kyrie decides, this Kyrie situation is not working out up to this point. It's not. It, there's inconsistency from him just playing road games, not home games. That you know, James has been out of the lineup. He could be coming back here in the next few days. It could be back tonight, I think. I thought he was going to play this weekend. I, I just, I've got to wait on that because I really think this has been, I think, of course, on a normal circumstances, I would have Brooklyn as the team still to beat. I mean, Milwaukee got them last year, but there were some health issues on Brooklyn. But the reality of it is, is that this situation with Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, is not working out until then. So for me to put them, yes, of course, they're going to have something to say. Of course, would I be shocked whether Kyrie's in and out that they end up being in the Eastern Conference Finals? No, but I really think that you're looking at unless they change that situation or Kyrie decides to uh, you know comply or they change their rules or whatever the case may be and he can play home games and get some consistency with this team and help on the minutes and stuff that you know Harden or KD's having to play when they're at home and their defense is 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 still a suspect so I'll put them on the outside of that third that I talk about looking in but the moral of this point is Philly an impressive win last night with no Joel Embiid and against Memphis, who's been hotter than fish grease, uh, them and Ja. I thought that was very impressive. They did it at home in Philly, but it was very impressive. 1-800-707-9760. But in regards to tonight, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, these are the games of you, the Spurs. I mean, you want to try to get – there's no excuse to not try to get a W tonight against this team. Uh, against a bunch of G-leaguers as well. And one thing we didn't get into, because I know I talked about how, hey, they came up short in the desert. They didn't their, they they fell a lead. The Suns came back. But we didn't really talk about the victory that they got with the Bulls on Friday. The question I have for you, Mr. Project Spurs, Mr. Jonas Clark, uh, what is the deal? Because over the weekend I did see Primo back. So what is the deal with Primo? Is he back here? Was this only because of – you know, a situation where, hey, we're calling him up only because of this. Where, what's the status on where we're at? Can we expect him to stay up here? Is he going to be going back to Austin? No, he's going to keep going back and forth because now now it's about getting him minutes on both courts. 
And so getting and if you have the opportunity, whether it's a blowout lead or a blowout, you know, a blowout deficit, then you have the opportunity to get him some minutes on the on the floor, then why not? But this is if you just pay attention, and I know not everybody pays attention to the G League, right? right. No. I've been covering the Austin team for three years now, and it's always around this time of year that you see the call-ups start to happen a little bit more. And and with the situation that the team has already dealt with um, to start this year with all the COVID positives and stuff like that, and that's why the Austin season was delayed, and, and Primo had to be up here, and Devontae Kaycock had to be up here in San Antonio, then... Um, that's the only reason why they weren't spending all their time in Austin at that point, because Austin wasn't even playing games. So why, why be, because you had to bring the call those guys up, but now with the situation and the COVID protocols, everybody's starting to come out of health and safety. I think, uh, I think Bates yep, might still be there uh, in, in, in health and safety for, for the Spurs. But that's why it's just, it's not, it's a typical timetable as every year. Right. They start to make the call up a little bit more, and they're just bouncing back and forth between the two cities. Okay, one eight hundred. Too far into it. Seven zero seven nine seven six. We'll see how that plays out tonight. Um, we'll take a gander if we got time to look at the rest of the NBA schedule uh, for tonight as well. Uh, but uh, we'll see how they plan out. Switching gears uh, back to circle for the big story today uh, regarding making official for Tom Brady and him retiring. Um, I know there were some rumblings out there that with a statement the Patriots fans are feeling slighted because he didn't say anything about New England. Um, he already said goodbye I mean, to them. Like, well, that was he's leaving them, but you would think if he's retiring, you kind of want to mention, you know, I know the retirement speech of Peyton Manning um, after winning the Super Bowl. Uh, he did mention the Colts as well, too, because everybody's always going to consider uh, Peyton Manning a Colt, you know even though he's never really been back and he lives in Denver all the time. But anyway, yeah, but that's the case with that. He's trying to buy the team. But, yeah, you always consider him a cult. But I just thought that's that's petty. I, I think this is this just whole situation was debacled. It really was. And I guarantee you whenever Tom bumps into Adam or Donald, there's probably going to be some bad words said. You know, even though Tom has said, even on his Jim Gray podcast and everything, that, hey, he understands that we're in the world of information, but you really got to keep your circle tight. Somebody's leaking stuff. He's got a Takashi in this circle. He doesn't even know about it. It could be one It could be one of Giselle's girlfriends. We don't know. You like know, it could be. Like that crypto commercial? Huh? Like that crypto commercial yeah, where yeah. he's out at the golf course and the dude Ex- te- makes exactly. the text. Tom's trying to make a trade. Exactly. But the question I have in, look. This is one of these situations to where I wouldn't be surprised. The guy that he's been compared to, the guy that people think it's either him or him, it's either him or him. Speaking of Michael Jordan, that he struggles with this. And the reason why I say that, meaning, because remember, Michael was in, Michael was out. Michael said, I'm 99.5% sure this is it. They're cut from the same cloth, okay? And I just feel that what makes this where I feel this could be a struggle for him is because he is a guy that still led the league in a lot of quarterback categories this year at the age of, what, 44, 43? What was it, 44? His goal was 45 that he had said before, so he's coming short. Right. So he's playing still at a MVP. I mean, he's going to finish probably second, no worse than third in MVP voting, probably second if not win it, 
it's one of those that that's why I think, and we'll talk more about it, and we got Mike on hold. We'll get to his phone call. But that's one of those situations that I really feel that he might struggle with because you're leaving the game knowing that you still can play at a high level, and injuries is really what did you in to basically play. Hell, he almost brought his team back against the Rams. The team is going to the Super Bowl, being down 21-3, to whatever it was. You know, that's going to be interesting with him. And we'll get more into that. And we'll get to Mike's phone call. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back.